One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I introduced the last one. I'm not introducing this one. Oh, what? Do some work yourself, Donson. I, I was swallowing a cough. I was coughing on air on my job as absolute radio DJ, and um, I was really thinking, whoa, what if I died on air? Yeah. Wouldn't that be spectacular? It'd be what you would have wanted, I would have thought. Figures would go through the basement. That would, <laughs> the basement would floor. remain largely the same. They, um, uh, and I was thinking like about like bucket lists, things you do before you die. Mm. All the shit I've never done. I've never had frog's legs. I've never experienced a webinar. I've yeah. never, um, um, I've never been to Egg. What's I don't that? think what? I, I don't or, know ministry, egg or Ministry of Sound is in London, nightclubs in London. Uh, egg, eggs, egg, eggs open like twenty four hours. It's weird. I thought it closed about ten years ago. No, I think it's still there. Right. It's the only club that it, I remember. The I think I've probably spoken about this guy before, but there was a drunk guy on Tottenham Court Road, Spanish, I think, and he was like, going, "Hey guys, where's the party? I need to go to a club." <laughs> and it was like two in the afternoon, and me and my mate went. Egg is your best chance. It's your best chance on a Thursday at 12 p.m. Egg's probably open. Did you pull out your egg credit card? <laughs> oh, remember them? Did they yeah. go to the wall? What I think so, egg? yeah. There's a lot of claims uh, going on, I think. Claims. Encounter claims. Small claims. Welcome to Luke and Pete Show, episode 98, I do believe. It's a show that tells you everything you need to know about, about nothing. About nightclubbing during the day. Yeah. With Pete Party dancing over there. Oh, Pie Pants. And Luke. <clears throat> Late night more. <laughs> Late night Luke Moore. Um, night talker. If you want to get in touch, because we spend the first half of the show talking about whatever we want to talk about, and then normally the second half of the show talking about your emails and correspondence. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com is the place for that. Last time around, we talked a lot about a lot of things. Um, I got into my mind that you reminded me a bit of Mick Hucknall. I don't know why. I don't know. Um, Where's that come from? But this time around, your feet are chucking up a bit, mate. Can you smell that? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. These shoes. Why have you taken them off then? Because if I put them on, it'll be worse, won't it? No, not for me, it won't. All right, I'll put them back on. Yeah, put them back on. I don't mind it. It's weird, though, isn't it? You're a man who's on record as saying you don't want to take your shoes off when you go to other people's houses. Mm. You get into an enclosed space with me and you're all of a sudden you're getting completely naked. (laughs) Which, by the way, you have literally done in front of me before. What do you mean? Trying to unsettle me. Trying to unsettle you? When that time when I went out to answer the the door and I came back and you'd taken all your clothes off. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will do that. You have got a folder on your phone with just nude pictures of me, yeah. or just pictures of me. It's a bit weird. There's quite a few new ones on there. There is quite a few new ones I had to, on there. I had to fully divulge the idea of it, not the content, but the idea of it to my wife, so she yeah. didn't think it was weird. Right, okay. And then she met you and thought it was fine. Yeah. 
Um, one thing I did promise to to do last time around is ask how Stewie Donaldson's doing. Your dad? Um, he's. All right. I've not really spoken to him a lot. He's supposed to be coming down at some point with me, mum. So I said, do it before I change my hours on Absolute Radio, and 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 we'll be able to have like a bit of a meal. Or something What's the big change? Well, I'm covering drive time through the summer months as they wait for a new uh, drive time jock to start or a couple of jocks to start. Who's the new um, one? It's Andy Bush and Richie Firth. Richie oh, yeah. Firth used to be on the breakfast show with Christian O'Connell. And obviously the big news this week is uh, Chris Evans is going to um, Virgin. Yeah. Virgin Radio. He's leaving Radio 2, which is the biggest breakfast show in the country, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, never, is that still Radio 4? never discount a radio man's ego. He wants to be, he wants to be the saviour of, of a brand that he obviously respected and loved. Yeah, uh, I presume he's friends with Richard Branson or something. But yeah. again, that's why Absolute Radio changed from Virgin because they were licensing the name and it was expensive and they couldn't do certain things they wanted to do. Are you in um, the shortlist for the running for the Radio 2 breakfast? Oh, hugely, yeah, of course I'm, yeah. I'm up there with Sarah Cox. I mean, Coxie and Pete, we're, we'll probably do a double header. How close are you to having the Radio 2 breakfast show? What do you mean? I just want to know. I'm not close to even being on the BBC. Are you closer than I, I am? burn my bridges. Have you? Uh, no. Have you ever been on the BBC? Uh, yeah, Six Music for a bit with Danny Wallace. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, humorist. I enjoyed that. It was fun, but it was. Um, I think I was on. I was on. It was. I was really unhelpfully on overnights on XFM. So I would do like one in the morning to six in the morning, and then I'd go straight over to um to, to six music and do that. Like have two hours sleep and then go over to six music and do the show there. It was. It was. I was just knackered. Yeah, ridiculously. Would you like do. another run at it? Another run at doing six music. How do we get onto this? I don't know. Um, how's how's Stewie Donaldson doing? Uh, I've not seen him uh, and <laughs> okay. I've not seen him Luke and he's supposed to be coming down soon that's right uh, but I said to him uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's do like a circular podcast like where a, we just have the same story we'll do it and I'll do it I'll start doing it over the top of you like in the round what's your show like um, it's good we do the same stories what different weeks no the no. same the same stories every over episode and over again yeah, yeah. Um, I spoke to my dad briefly before we came in here because at the moment my parents are looking after my two our two cats because as I said to you before the garden's almost finished but it's being landscaped. When you said our two cats, you said it like uh, girls on film. Our two cats drinking the water. Our two cats. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, and so anyway, but the point is because um, so they're not they're not house cats. They are outdoor cats. We've got a cat flap, and the cat flap's very clever. You sync up the chip in the back of your cat's neck to the cat flap. Oh, so it only lets um, those two in. It's like a it's like a bouncer. Yeah, basically, yeah. <gasps> mm. And but anyway, so um, but we don't have that facility at my parents' place, and also right. they live near to quite a main road, so quite a busy road. So they stay in the house. Yeah. But the problem is, I think now it's getting to the point they've been there for about a week, and it's getting to the point where they just desperately want to go outside. Mm. Uh, and so every time my my dad was calling me to say that he opened the door uh, earlier today, and Magnus just legged it out, <laughs> and my dad took spent about an hour getting him back in. Um, so that basically is a coded way of saying, look, you've got to go and pick your cats up because it's getting ridiculous now. Yeah. They're going to start shitting all over the floor soon. Yeah. Um, so I've got to do that. So I spoke to my dad today. Mm. What about that, huh? There we go. Yeah, that's that's sort of basically Good. what's been floating my well, All right, so your relationship with your dad is better than mine. What do you want? A well, tattoo but, your dad's face on your for, leg? For this morning. You spend all your time speaking to your dad. I don't really. You've, you've made He's shows just, with your dad on them. He just sends me WhatsApp um, uh, videos. like, But like, I, I don't know where he's getting them from. Probably someone at the pub. Uh, but he's in sort of like a round robin of like dad videos. We all know that. That are just up. like just men trying to make sense of the world. Yeah. Dad videos and dad memes. Do you think when you get to the, a certain age, and my dad's I think 62 now, mm. do you get to the certain age where you think, oh, this world's mad now. I can't really understand <laughs> I can't it. handle it, yeah. That's, think... why, that's why they come off 
as being a bit right wing and a bit weird um, because they just they just can't make sense of the world, and that, that's fine. But some of them become really bitter about it. Yeah, I don't understand that. I my dad's very, just, my dad's very a lovely man. He's not like that at all. But just like I, I don't understand why, uh, and it is mainly men. They just sort of like they just can't let shit slide. My dad, like, it's nothing to do. With, I, I, I don't. I, there is only two genders. It's nothing to do with you, mate. Yeah, don't you've, worry about you've, it. You've, 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 you've lived. So yeah. don't worry about yeah. it. It's not. It's nothing to do with you. Um, my dad's lovely, and, he, and he's very kind to everyone. But it's funny because I think I'm going to be terrible when I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> terrible now. True. Yeah, actually, that's true. Um, I went to Bristol uh, last weekend, by the way. Ooh la la! I went to the Westbury on Trim Village Fate. Right. Those who follow my Instagram speaking account, of, speaking of tweeners. Those who follow my Instagram account, Pete, and do take an interest, i.e. not you, mm. would have seen the Guinness World Record-breaking world's largest rhubarb. Well, I actually saw you molesting some kind of root vegetable at one point. I think it was a, massive, a turnip. massive turnip, maybe, uh, yeah. It's huge. It was Big, a beaut. Yeah. But the world's biggest rhubarb was there, and it was astonishing. And there was a man um, crucified on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he didn't die. He, said, oh, he didn't die of asphyxiation. He it, died of rhubarb. It goes. It grows so fast. I can actually feel it growing. <laughs> they do you, grow fast, don't they? I find the idea that the, <laughs> I know this is going to sound absolutely stupid, but potatoes and celery growing in similar conditions, you know, a British garden. Yeah. Um, no rhubarb grows in the dark. It grows in the dark. I no, think no, you have but, to put it in the shed. No, no, but it doesn't. No, does it, isn't it like rhubarb? No, rhubarb you grow outside because you've got because they've got big leaves to shade it from the um, sun, haven't they? So that's why they that's why they have such big leaves. Right. Okay. You can definitely grow rhubarb outside, but like they grow in very different, similar sort of conditions. But the, those two kind of like are very different vegetables. One's just full of water, and one's just so starchy. One's a tuber. It's incredible, and they all mm. come from seeds. I realise I'm just describing how plants work, yeah. but it's in, it's fascinating. If you're doing a top three vegetables. What, but, out of the ground that you could grow in England? That you like. Right. The humble potato would have to be in there just for versatility alone. Yeah, I don't eat a lot of, I don't eat a lot of spuds. What, do you, what would be your top three? I, 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 I occasionally eat the spud version of the, is it the Karelian pie? It's like a kind of um, Scandinavian uh, kind of little pasty, I suppose you'd call it. You can have a rice version uh, or a potato version. They're very nice. You get them in uh, the um, Swedish cafe on, on Golden Square. Oh, yeah. And, the, and you always have the egg butter, which is just literally egg and butter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think lovely. we used to meet in there sometimes, didn't Whoa, we? Lovely. We used to meet in there sometimes and eat yeah. some of that stuff. Karelian pie. Has your dad become a really fussy eater as he's got old? Uh, no, he rarely eats. He's got a big fat belly, but it's booze related right? rather than anything else. So my dad's like quite set in his ways with food. He just wants to eat Chinese takeaways all the time. Oh, I mean, to and be bacon fair, sandwiches. that's where I'm going to end up. That <laughs> is where I'm end up. What's his, what's his uh, uh, um, Chinese order of choice? He always has um, a foo young. Right. Yeah, and he like I think he does like a curry, Chinese curry. Nice. He likes chow mein. Okay. Um, he, he just well, we love. He absolutely loves prawn, sesame prawn toast. Oh, that's but that's nice. But if 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 they use old prawns, it's almost better. It gives you a, right. like a tangy kind of. Like, I mean, Whoa. no, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm no nutritionist <laughs> or have any medical qualifications whatsoever. But even the term old prawns, old prawns, makes me think it's going to make you ill. Yeah, it is. I mean, badly, I mean, Gav, Gav Murphy, who works for IGN, uh, he's, a, uh, he's quite good at Twitter, and he tweeted a, um, a picture of him. He was basically doing the meat at a barbecue, and he was sort of saying, I don't understand this uh, vogue I've been looking on Instagram of uh, chefs cooking um, medium-rare chicken and medium-rare oh, pork about and this, stuff. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and he tweeted a picture of, of like basically like a light salad and like this raw chicken leg with marinade on it um, as a joke. 
um, and he tweeted it. And, and like, someone ate it and died. Well, no, but obviously everyone's just like, oh my God. Uh, and it just, it just kind of went viral and people sort of retweeting it going, oh, white people. <laughs> right. All this mad shit. So, so what is and the he's actual, just taking the piss. So what's the actual truth behind it? What do you mean? Medium chicken and stuff. Well, I think in some restaurants, if you can kind of trace uh, the inception of the uh, of the animal, I think you can eat chicken and, and pork. Um, nowadays, it's a lot. It's a lot safer. There's not quite so much salmonella kicking around because uh, people know where their food's coming but it'd from. Would it be horrible? Would it be horrible? I remember going to a barbecue. If it's dressed once. properly. If it's got a lot of um, like lime juice in there, maybe to kind of dry out a little bit, make it less greasy. I went to I, a, I went to a barbecue once, Pete. Yeah, and uh, a roof garden in South London. It wasn't anywhere near as pretentious as I've made that sound. It was just. <laughs> poor people mm. in London who had a little roof terrace because mm. we couldn't afford gardens. And there was a guy there invited who was a complete bellend. Mm. And he was telling everyone that he, he's an old Etonian and he, he was just this dickhead. Yeah. And uh, he said, well, I, I know all about how to cook food in the barbecue. I'll, I'll just cook the food. And um, I was like, all right, fine. So we were just having beers, sat around. He was on the barbecue bin. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never understood men who insist on being the barbecue man because you just you just don't get involved in the actual you, party you also end up stinking of smoke yeah. as well at the end of it um yeah it's not for me anyway um i will chip in if people need me i'm, I'm happy mm. to do it but anyway uh this guy was with his boorish mates were just chatting away being being quite loud and obnoxious and i'm tempted to say posh but i don't want to be too sort of pejorative about wealthier people because mm. you got to take people as you find them anyway he serves me up this chicken in a bun uh, I haven't said he was the best barbecue chef in London or whatever. And uh, it, I bit into it. It's raw in the middle. Oh, no. And I gave it back to him. And he went, oh, no, yeah. Just, oh, I don't know what happened. I'll tell you it fucking happened, mate. You haven't cooked it enough. Put it back on the grill. <laughs> and I, I got, you know, when I get, sometimes I get quite sort of indignant, quite obnoxious. Mm. I was being like that. And I think and my girlfriend at the time was like, come on, it's not worth it. Have a burger. I was like, all right, I'll have a burger. And then you eat the burgers. Oh, it's right. Well, you it's can fine. have them. It's bro. fine, yeah. yeah. Not, not, not if they're bought frozen from Iceland, you can. No, no. Uh, anyway, um, so what was I saying? Oh, yeah, went to a village fight outside Bristol, the West Beyond Trim village fight. Very nice. You know when people live in small little places like that mm. and they have things like village fights right. and then everything around the village fight is, is just like a big deal? Like yeah, you well, want like to win the cake competition. Yeah, you want to yeah. win this competition. You And you want to, and, you know, and, and if, if you're judging the the cakes, it's like the most important job ever. And mm. that's very much what it was like. It was a very pleasant affair, but the people who are doing the judging, for example, are taking it way too seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah You've definitely. got like eight-year-olds doing like handwriting competitions and they're getting like critiques <laughs> by <laughs> judges and stuff. I don't know why they're sort of, I, I don't know, is that what is that what village communities were like back in the day? Because obviously we lost a lot of that with the internet and, you know, maybe we've... Uh, as we sort of evolved, we enjoyed being a part of a tribe. And I think what it was telling me about how um, tribalism in football sort of got started. Like men right. don't have that uh, anymore. Yeah. Um, and so they invest their time in, in, in yeah. joining a, a kind of football I tribe sort that. of thing. Yeah. Um, is, is, that what, is that what kind of modern village life is like? Just aggressive people trying to score points off people and gossiping. It sounds fucking dreadful. Yes. <laughs> I don't know because I don't live in one. But um, Pete, can you see yourself as you get older moving into like out to the countryside? I always um, think of the Stuart Lee, um, uh, it's not sketch, but he's sort of talking about um, a couple moving out into the sticks. It's, got, it's beautiful. It's beautiful out here. It's got a farmer's field behind us and there's a horse. And uh, you should come, come come this weekend. Come come Saturday, Sunday. Stay over. Um, like the people who live in London. So I've got to just, just yeah, we'll have a great time. We'll get some wine and there. Uh, Bring some cock. 
just bring some cock, please, please bring some cock. And they're obsessed with bringing it, like because they, they, you know, they 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 left behind something in London Um, that they want to. So yeah, I will move out eventually, but uh, I I I don't subscribe to the fact that anyone goes mad. I'm happy by myself. I'm happy, kind of having a quiet kind of uh, disagree with that kind of life. Well, I live in the centre of town, but I don't. You know, I'm not out every night, am I? I'm not. No, but you, know, you surround yourself with things. I surround myself with filth. Yeah. <laughs> I surround it's, myself. Uh, with it's filth. like the old. Have you heard the Cole Pilkington take on uh, the countryside? He's what? like, well, everyone says the countryside's amazing, it's brilliant, but it's all bullshit because as soon as you go there, there's no one there. <laughs> exactly. So if you liked it that much, you'd fucking be there, wouldn't you? <laughs> so maybe it's one of those things that grass is always greener type thing. Usually, but, um, usually. Anyway, should we um, go away and come back and do some emails? All right then. 
We don't need to delve back into my anus. We don't need to. <laughs> we don't need to um, do anything. All right, let's start off with it on that bombshell. Let's start off uh, bombshell with, <laughs> with an email from the beautifully named Bodhi Carter. Nice. Or Bodhi, maybe Bodhi. Anyway, mm. uh, he says, hello, lads. Listening to episode 94 and hearing the chat about family members in the music business. Bodhi Cutler, um, anyway, mate. Huh? It's Cutler. Cutler, that's what I said, didn't I? He said Carter. I meant Cutler. Cutler. Yeah. Uh, he said, uh, my father's not, and my uh, ears were burning as Luke mentioned his connection to the Rolling Stones. It's a very tenuous connection. But anyway, my father, Sam Cutler, is also a listener to your podcasts and was the tour manager for the Rolling Stones from 1960 to 1969. Oh, wow. Where he was a major character of the documentary Give Me, Sh- uh, Give Me Shelter. Uh, as a classic old British man, he loves to yell about the football and look for other people, see so you guys to agree or disagree with. <laughs> now that I work in football for the Brisbane Roar and the Australian A-League, he has taken a keen interest in the podcast I listen to about football and enjoys yours immensely. Keep up the good work, lads. Hope to hear more work in the fu- uh, great work in the future. Sam Cutler, tour manager for the Rolling Stones, is listening to us right now. Is he listening to Luke and Pete show or is he listening to the Football Ramble? Well, he emailed into the Luke and Pete show. I know, it's confusing, isn't it? He's got a massive long um, Wikipedia article. Has he? Yeah. yeah. Cutler is... Uh, Cutler, the name comes from uh, the maker of Knives. Yeah, it does. I've not actually seen Gimme Shelter, so I need to watch that. Mm. So I might do that to bring myself up to speed and then reread this email when it's more relevant. <laughs> but thanks for getting in touch, Bodie. Great name, great email. Um, sorry to hear you're living in Australia, but um, good luck. That's rude. People in Australia listen to this. I don't understand how people in Australia stay alive so long. Everything you touch there kills you. <laughs> it's like Super Mario World. <laughs> it is. Um, hello to, here we got Chris Hengler, who sounds like I'm a wrestler. Chris Hengler. Good name. Um, uh, in episode 95, you mentioned a woman's magazine or, or women's magazine called uh, Top Tips, uh, which you justifiably, justifiably uh, thought was ridiculous. But for me, it took my mind back to a somewhat strange experience I had in a restaurant in Serbia back in 2012. I think we were talking about a top tip that involved, um, if you don't have a cup handy, um, carve... Um, hollow out a pepper. Hollow out a pepper and uh, drink water out of that, which is weird. Uh, in early 2011, I studied for a PhD in physics. The next summer, I attended a summer school held over the course of about a week at the Pecnica Science Centre. For my friends at home, I always describe this place as the Serbian uh, Colomendi, but for anyone uh, not from Liverpool or the surrounding areas, that's probably meaningless. For Luke and Pete listeners, it's basically the Serbian Stubbington, <laughs> the Serbian Stubbington Study Centre, which is a real tongue twister Right, for me. okay. I'm now, now my interest is peaked. Yeah. One evening towards the end of the school, a large group of us took a short walk to a nearby restaurant. Most of the route involved uh, walking uh, along a quite steep trail through the woods lit by uh, only our phones, uh, but somehow we made it all in one piece. The, f- the food was actually quite good, but what most sticks in my mind is the accompaniment. <laughs> Basically, a yellow bell pepper with its top cut off. Inside it were two things. One stick of sliced cheese and a shot of vodka. <laughs> Delicious. Isn't that weird? Yeah. All the major um, food groups covered. In case that's all unclear, I don't mean there was a shot glass inside the pepper. The vodka was just poured directly into the decapitated, decapitated pepper. I can't speak there, sorry. And garnished with cheese sticks. Out of fear of giving your lessons a misleading impression of Serbian cuisine, I should probably point out that there were a number of uh, Serbian students at the school. They were all baffled by this, as the rest of us uh, were. Uh, of course, we were students, so we still drank it. All of which means that I confirm that a hollowed out pepper is indeed usable as a drinking receptacle, although quite how pleasant it would be uh, with hot drinks, I suspect it might be a different matter. Uh, thank you uh, for the podcast. Chris, thank you for the message. Great. All of that, like, I like restaurants where the person who's decided to open it has got like a little kind of mad idea yeah. that they think this is going to be our signature. Yeah. Um, and it's mental. <laughs> this reminded, that little story reminded me of that show Ready, Steady, Cook. 
Right, okay. Where the chef has gets like a bag full of ingredients. That and he's just got to make something that out the of it. the contestant spent a fiver on. <laughs> yeah, in this case, they've spent a fiver on a pepper, yeah. a bottle of vodka, and a, a load of cheese string. <laughs> um, someone, someone else emailed in saying, oh, what you can do is hollow out your peppers when you're having a barbecue right. and using the drink beer out of. And then when you finish drinking your beer, chuck them on the barbie and they taste delicious. A beer-flavoured pepper. Apparently it tastes delicious. It's dicking about though, isn't it? It is, yeah. You're just going to get pulled seeds out of your mouth. We used to put a can of beer up a chicken and put it on the barbecue and the beer bubbles out. Is it chicken butt beer or something? Yeah, that's it. Beer butt chicken, I think it's called. Very weird. Do you want to do... I can't read today, so do you want to do Daniel Barrell's email because it's a bloody doozy. The title being What Dads Bring Home the flavour of deception. Oh, Dan Barrel. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> uh, Dan Barrel. Here we go. Hi, guys. I'm a long-time listener to all of the Ramble Guys and the Leak and Puke show since day one. Rude. And you, <laughs> you called it that. Did I? And, and you finally draw me into emailing in for the first time with your discussion on things dads bring home from work. Um, my dad has worked as a flavourist. <sighs> Sounds a bit like he runs some sort of reggae sound system. (laughs) Flavor. The flavorist. Yeah. Yeah. Selector. For over 30 years. What does this entail, you may ask? Well, he is basically employed to formulate flavors by big name food brands when they are thinking up new or improved products, which they then purchase, mass produce. Uh, Think Willy Wonka without the river of chocolate. Uh, Some of his greatest hits would tickle your 90s nostalgia fancy, such as Walker's Worcester Sauce Crisps. Yeah. The caramel flavour in McVitie's Caramel Digestive. I mean, this is like Premier League stuff. Yeah. Lemon fizzy jerks. Pete, you'll definitely nice. remember yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, apple fruitangs. Fruitangs, yes. And pineapple flavoured crisps, which bagged him an interview with a local paper. So he's responsible. <laughs> Dan Barrel's dad, Mr. Barrel. Uh, mm. Old man Barrel. Old man Barrel. Mixing uh, up them chems. He's responsible for this in his lab. Um, as part of his work, he would often bring home a variety of weird and wonderful treats for me and my sister to taste test. Uh, my favourite being a range of 20 different formulations of chocolate, vanilla and strawberry milkshakes that we had to try and rate. That's the dream right there Wonderful. when you're a kid. Best dad ever. What, dad of the year. What's your dad brought home? 20 different milkshakes. <laughs> Cancel my homework. Um, one day when I was about seven or eight, dad came home excited to give me a few samples of a pineapple chewing gum that he had been working on for a number of weeks and wanted my opinion on. As always, I was happy to oblige and popped a nondescript white gum in and got a chewing. After a few seconds, I was intrigued and asked my dad to clarify what flavour it was meant to be. Pineapple was the response. As I continued to chew, I became more and more confused and pointed out to my dad that this one was rubbish. It didn't taste anything like pineapple and almost tasted smoky, to which he simply replied, huh, how odd. It went down really well on our taste test. Never mind. (laughs) Uh, He passed me the next gum sample, which tasted a lot closer to pineapple. We moved on. So fast forward 20 years to last May and a square in a hamburger my stag do. (laughs) I overhear my friends talking to my dad about his job, as it often tends to insult a number of questions when he tells people what he does. My dad, a few beers deep at this point, explains to one of my mates that he used to mess around with flavours all the time, such as making a strawberry flavour, but putting it into a green sweet, which tricks your brain into preempting an apple, lime or mint flavour and takes quite a while for your brain to adjust. Mm. He then went on to explain that he once put a smoky bacon flavouring into a chewing gum and gave it to me just to mess with my head. At which point I piped up. For 20 years he had kept the secret from me. And to this day I can still remember the unpleasant experience of the smoky flavour of that bloody chewing gum. My mates were thoroughly amused and questioned how I didn't put two and two together at the time. My only excuse is that clearly the trust I had in my dad went a long way to dispel any suspicion of being hoodwinked. To my knowledge there are no surviving samples of the bacon flavoured gum available. Though given the astronaut food that uh, you recently devoured on the pod... If you do have any requests, I could always see what Dad can whip up. Yes, please. 
Dan, please de- get your dad to whip up anything and send it to us. Um, <laughs> one other fun thing he brought home for me and my sister was a bunch of rulers that were a solid block of glass with a vanilla pod in the middle. Wow. Fairly certain this would be uh, not considered safe by any measure these days, but it was certainly not because sh- it was certainly not shatterproof. It weighed an absolute ton and had sharp corners to boot. But hey ho, the nineties were a wilder time. I hope you find this mildly amusing, even if it doesn't get on the pod. Well, it is on the pod, Dan. And keep up the good work. And I would love you to do a live show in the future in Manchester. Well, there is literally no demand for that, Dan, so <laughs> that won't be happening. Do you remember, um, I, I presume the vanilla pod glass ruler was from kind of some kind of rep from the chemical company that provided the vanilla flavouring, maybe. Uh, yeah. Because my mum used to work at a doctor's surgery and all of the pens, all of the rulers, all of the calculators in the house... Um, were branded up um, with drugs. So I had a Feldine gel um, calculator. Huh. Um, and I remember my CD teacher coming over and going, oh, Feldine gel, I use that for my snowboarding injuries. Great merch. <laughs> great merch, guys. Uh, but that's wonderful. And I, what I like about that is that he knows um, through, you know, working in the business so long that the stupid flavours like bacon and, and chicken flavour and nonsense, nonsense like that probably... Um, They'd never come to market because they're just not marketable. There's no point in spending all that money. You may as well make a delicious apple kind of flavoured uh, sweet rather than something novelty. Because because there's like the top tier of kind of like the chewits and, and the fruitellas and, and and the aforementioned um, fruitangs, and then below that you've got the stupid stuff that you see uh, that's made in like Turkey that look like looks like a little burger uh, in a little <laughs> burger one that you yeah, see yeah. that you always see at the um, uh, at the counter in a shop, yeah. and they're like. Nobody really gives a shit about them. Yeah. There's no marketing spend behind that. They're just whimsical and silly. And you only get them in... Um... And I buy them every fucking time. <laughs> yeah. You only get them in like, local news agents as yeah, well. Yeah, hugely. And, and one of the things that local news agents always do is they always separate multi-pack stuff and sell it separately, even though you're not allowed to do that. Oh, yeah, massively. Um, and, and... I used to sell um, uh, spare cigarettes. Fallon Chewing Gum, I tried on Holloway Road, uh, which I believe is a Turkish brand. Tastes of nothing. Like, it just tastes of like gum without the flavour. It's really weird. Yeah. Or maybe I just um, got a dodgy batch. One thing I would like from Old Man Barrel, I shouldn't call him that, it's a bit disrespectful, for, for, da- for Daddy Barrel. Flavour Daddy. Yeah, Flavour Daddy flavor Barrel. Daddy. Is one thing that's always intrigued me, and perhaps he can help me with this, and I'm relying on you, Dan, to go and speak to your dad and re- relay it back, is roast beef crisps. Yeah. They always taste the same, but mm. then they don't taste anything like beef. Well, it's hard to do, though, isn't it? Beef, I think beef. But why is are we? Like, why are we? Beef is, beef is like oil and texture, isn't it? Yeah, really? definitely. And salt. And I'm not slating them because I've, I've eaten them. Mm. I'm just saying, why do we, as a, as a as a as a group of human beings, accept that they're branded up as roast beef when they don't taste anything like roast beef? It's almost like roast beef crisps have a completely different life cycle to roast beef. Well, prawn. I mean, prawn cocktail has the tang of the. Um, mayonnaise kind of uh, sauce with it. Oh, I don't know what you call it. It's a Thousand Island dressing. Mary Rose sauce. Mary Rose sauce. Yeah. Like it has the tang of that, but precious little else. And it kind of smells a little bit like fish. Like that's the, the it's, 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 it's the whole experience. But yeah, meat, meats must be quite hard to sort of do because it's all texture. I think it would probably work more in um, chewing gum. So yeah, roast beef chewing gum, please. <laughs> no, who wants it that? would be great. No, but it would be great for people who are following a particular diet, um, protein head, stuff like that. Protein chewing gum. Chewing gum with like more protein than you need. But you're not you consuming need. it though, are you? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love a bubblicious. That's what I, is a bubblicious kind of flavour yeah. of extra chewing gum. It's like, I yeah. yeah, lovely. I find that the only, only the, the light blue Wrigley's extra give me the flavour hit I need in terms of mint chewing gum. Airwaves, no. Airwaves, get on the airwaves, boss. But they don't last very long. Violent. Um, I want to do one quick email before we go, right? Because this is a good one, and it's from um, David Tunnicliffe, who's emailing us. Tunnicks tea cakes. Well, yeah, that'd be great. Emailing us all the way from Sonneberg in Germany. Ooh. 
Says, Hi guys, Pera Grundig's and the old wireless mouse. Nice. Good start. After listening to your discussion of expensive brandy and champagne, and particularly Luke's comment that you don't shop brandy, my mind was immediately drawn to a video I saw of a man who purchased and drank a shot of the world's most expensive brandy. Yes. Jason Wong, a Chinese businessman, paid 68,000 Hong Kong dollars, or roughly 6,500 pounds, for a single shot of Croise Cuvée Leonie 1858 in 2016. He was presented with a drink at the Intercontinental in Hong Kong and set a Guinness World Record with his purchase. The reason the brandy is so expensive is because there was a plague of beetles called Phylloxera in the latter part of the 19th century, which fed on the roots of grapevines. The beetle was native to North America, and so the vines there had an inherent resistance. However, at some point, the beetle made its way over to Europe, where it feasted on the much less resistant Vitis vinifera with reckless abandon. With their vine stocks falling, many smaller wine and cognac producers were forced to give up the crop in flavour of cereals to ensure they could continue to earn a living from their fields. Mm. Any vintners wanting to continue to make wine and cognac had to plant phylloxera-resistant vines. In some cases, it took over a decade to find plants that would suit the soil conditions in a particular region, and only the larger producers prevailed, and the industry changed beyond recognition in just a few decades. Anyway, for Jason Wong, the scene is set, the bottle is introduced, and the story behind the brand is explained to the gathered journalists. The sommelier does a fantastic job of opening the 160-year-old bottle. Imagine if he'd fucked that up. And <laughs> pours Mr. Wong a glass of the world's most expensive brandy. I've, I've watched this. They're very careful to open it, and they, yeah. they, do they do it beautifully. He proceeds to throw back his head and neck the entire shot in one. <laughs> he, just, he, does, he does absolutely go for it, and he, it, it lingers in the mouth for about five seconds, and then he, and then he swallows it, and, he, and then he just goes, yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, in what is an incongru incongruously undignified end to such an expensive liquid, as as, as David puts it. <laughs> Apparently, though, Pete, according to uh, to David, to add to the ignominy, Mr. Wong's toast was in honor of Donald Trump, who had been elected U.S. president that very day. <laughs> it wasn't all bad though, as the money raised from the purchase was donated to an AIDS charity in Hong Kong. Um, you can watch your video yourself here, mm. and you've already done that, Pete. So, the world's most expensive shot of brandy was downed <laughs> in one. It's, by it's, a Hong it's, Kong businessman, uh, and uh, and what I like about that is the and I do say that quite a lot. What I like about that is that um, all of like the people who are really at their cognacs and really at their you know again fetishized um, drink and food and stuff really upset about that. So maybe he's kind of my hero apart from the Trump stuff. Well, if he was trying to subvert it, then that's fine. But he <laughs> he just went, he's just obviously an idiot. And he's, See you later. He's just freaking. I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm either gonna be bullshit about this and stick two fingers up about how wealthy I am, mm. or I uh, I'm just an ignoramus and have no uh, no idea about it. Tap the table. But the thing is, though, Pete, I'm, I'm yeah, more. I'm completely convinced. Just so you know, if you put a, a five pound shot measure of brandy in front of me and a six and a half thousand measure of brandy in front of me, and mm. I tasted them, I don't know if I'd be able to do tell I, you the difference. I think I well, I think alcohol that's really really old starts to you know it just by its very nature will start to kind of. Um, die won't it it'll just start to taste like absolute well you sometimes rot, hear about those, those those cases of wine that are found in shipwrecks and stuff mm. like hundreds of years later mm. I, I don't know if they're drinkable or not but it's out of vinegar eventually yeah but um and i get that knowledge from the video game day of the tentacle also another tim Schafer. Uh, have you got joint. a tattoo of that no but if i was i'd probably get the character um bernard because he uh has glasses like me when are you um, going in for your luke and peach tattoo mate <laughs> well it's next week isn't it 100 yeah laps there we go Hundred laps, laps of the laps. Yeah. Should we get out of here, Peter? Laps, yeah, I think we've given, we've subjected the people to more than enough of our nonsense. Let's have some beef chewing gum. Lovely. Yeah, that's, if there's one takeaway from this show, it is beef chewing gum. Do email us at hello at lukeandpeter if you want to get in touch. We'd bloody love to hear from you. You're all very welcome. 
Uh, and that's pretty much all I've got to say, Pete. So you might want to bring the music in you underneath see, me. You see a lot of um, weird flavors in American classic candy stores. You get a lot of um, like root, root beers that have the flavor of like ranch dressing and stuff. They're not very nice, but they no. do taste like the thing they're supposed to. You're the sort of man who explore that sort of stuff, though, aren't you? Hugely. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Um, have a lovely time uh, this weekend, and we we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Flavor, Daddy. Flavor. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.